morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Plenty of football games happened over the weekend, so I'm going to give you my takeaways from that week, uh, well, from those games, and you know, tons of players had some, had some good games, tons of players had some bad games, literally so much to talk about, as well as some injuries. I see here in the chat, the Fantasy Plumber says, the deuce is loose. That is very true. Deuce Vaughn had a great weekend, and I'm sure the Fantasy Plumber has some experience with some loose deuces, if you know what I mean. But without further ado, why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. First things first, before we get into the preseason takeaways, again, just want to shout out everyone tuning in. Good to see you guys every single morning, but we do have some news to discuss before we go game by game. The first thing to to note is that Jonathan Taylor is expected back at Colts camp, but his mindset hasn't changed at all. He still wants more money. He still wants to be traded, and he still doesn't want to play or practice until he's fully 100%. If you remember, it was either last week or two weeks ago, I played a clip where he's just very, very gingerly walking around at practice, uh, looking like he's clearly in pain. There was the back injury. He's on pup. Uh, and we also know that we don't know, too. <laughs> like we, we, It's very, very unclear what really is going on here. Besides, we know that there's a ton of issues, whether it be health, whether it be money, whether it be just the mindset in general. Uh, the, the Jonathan Taylor situation is definitely something that is very interesting and we need to continue to monitor. But as I just said, he is expected back at camp, which, mean, which means, as usual, he's probably going to be out there playing this year. Just needs to get a little bit healthy first. But speaking of healthy, we have some unhealthy players, and that is Kendra Miller, who ended up spraining his knee this weekend. And unfortunately, it was the same exact knee that he injured in the Fiesta Bowl against Michigan a rough go for Kendra Miller. Hopefully he can be okay. Luckily, it's just a sprain. The big issue here is just that it is the same exact knee that he already injured. They're definitely going to have to take their time here, which means the Saints are probably definitely in that market for a running back. Perhaps they do end up signing Kareem Hunt after all, or maybe there's someone else that they're thinking of. But either way, it's looking rough for the for the weeks that Alvin Kamara is suspended. And again, Kendra Miller's getting hurt. So, I mean, if they don't bring anyone, I mean, we're talking about Jamal Williams for those first three weeks of the season getting massive bell cow usage until Alvin Kamara comes back. Because I doubt I doubt Kendra Miller is ready by week one with a knee sprain. He might be ready, but definitely not 100%, uh, which means he's probably also not going to be 100% for week two. But we also don't have a total timeline yet. I am just talking out of my ass. Next up, we have Rashad White, who we had a huge scare at practice this weekend. He went down with a non-contact injury, was able to limp off the field under his own weight. But again, non-contact injury. Usually, usually those mean something really, really bad. But head coach Todd Bowles and Rashad White himself have come out and said that they that Rashad White is fine. So hopefully they just put him in bubble wrap until the season comes around. We here at Player Profiler have way too much staked on Rashad White being a good football player for him to get injured before he even has his chance. <laughs> but it seems like he'll be okay. So let's go ahead and talk about this preseason. And I mean, there are plenty of games to talk about, so I'm going to try to keep it short per game. But I've got some takeaways really from every single one. Went through the box scores. Some of these I watched live. I mean, as you know, there are a bunch of games. It's hard to tune into every single one. But still, 
tons to take away from this weekend, some great, great games, and some great performances from some players that we know and love. I've got highlights. I've got box score information. I've got takes. So let's go ahead and get right on into it. First off, we have the Steelers versus Buccaneers. The Steelers ended up winning this game 27-17. to Kenny Pickett started the day. He went 6-for-7, seven, 70 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown went to George Pickens. Check it out. This young player on third. And he just kind of catches it over the middle, breaks a tackle, then jukes out the safety and gets into the end zone. George Pickens, 33 yards on the day, one more yard than Deontay Johnson with two less catches. That was George Pickens' only catch of the day. He took it for the touchdown. I'm telling you guys, I will not drop it. I will not drop it. George Pickens is the alpha receiver on the Steelers' offense, and it's not even close. Also, some more takeaways from this game. Calvin Austin seems to have arrived. He had two carries for 23 yards and two receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown. As we know, this guy has 4-2 speed, extremely electric, and finally going to have an opportunity this year after being injured most of last year. If you know this usage continues, he will definitely have a role in this offense. There's, of course, no one on this offense with that kind of speed. So look for him you know, to, to maybe make some noise this season, probably better in best ball formats because I doubt you'll ever have the confidence to actually put him into your starting lineup unless an injury happens. And even then, I still bet it would just be consolidated between like whoever's not injured uh, pretty much. So like Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and George Pickens just kind of force feet. But still Calvin Austin should get some usage and it's encouraging to see both carries and receptions and of course tons of receiving yards with 73 and a touchdown. The quarterbacks behind Kenny Pickett. Again, Kenny Pickett looked pretty good, only one in completion. Mason Rudolph, 7 for 12, 132 yards and a touchdown. Much better than Mitchell Trubisky who was 1 for 4, 10 yards and an interception. If I'm a betting man, Mitchell Trubisky really might be on his way out of the whole league. I mean, he just is not good. Just plain and simple, not good. The Buccaneers quarterbacks, I know that this is a hot topic right now. Baker Mayfield looked decent, I guess you could say. He was 8 for 9, so only 1 in completion, 63 yards, and a touchdown. No interceptions or anything. Kyle Trask kind of on the opposite side. He did have more yards. Kyle Trask was 6 for 10, 99 yards, and an interception. No touchdowns, and John Walford actually 10 for 17, 111 yards, and a touchdown. So, the Buccaneers quarterbacks still kind of murky, I would argue, based on the performance yesterday. And as we knew from last week, that Baker Mayfield will still be starting week one. But again, I do believe that Kyle Trask will take over at some point, slash, Baker Mayfield will lose this job. Again, they have an early bye week, I believe it's week four. I fully expect Baker Mayfield to use those weeks. And then at the bye week, the Buccaneers will go to Kyle Trask, mostly because they spent second round capital on him and have to give him a chance. The running backs, this was some interesting usage as Rashad White was out. Chase Edmonds was 6 for 18 rushing, had a reception for 4 yards. And Sean Tucker was 6 for 10 with 1 receptions for 3 yards. Neither of them looked that great, but it's still encouraging to see Sean Tucker out there getting a reception and getting some carries. Same for Chase Edmonds getting used in both ways. Um, it seems that both of these guys will have a role in this offense behind Rashad White and Trey Palmer. Rookie Trey Palmer made some noise as well. He scored his first NFL touchdown, four for 33 and a touchdown. Trey Palmer looking like a value right now as well. 
Then we had the Falcons game. The Falcons absolutely dismantled the Dolphins from a defensive perspective. The Falcons won 19 to three. The Dolphins could not score a touchdown and continuously turned the ball over. Skylar Thompson was 10 for 16, 104 yards and two interceptions. Mike White was 9 of 14, 85 yards and an interception. Who knows who the main backup is going to be to Tua. I imagine it'll end up being Mike White based on what we saw in New York. And I imagine he could feed Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle a little bit better than Skylar Thompson could. But neither looked good. So I honestly have no idea. And Devon A-Chain, 10 for 25. You would like to see a little bit better yards per carry. But his yards per reception was really solid. Four receptions for 41 yards, looked electric, just couldn't quite get it done on the ground yet, but that's probably something that we all expected to come with time. And he was used between the tackles a lot, which isn't really his bread and butter given his speed. And guys, for the Falcons, as I mentioned, when the Falcons signed him, I think that this is an incredible value right now for your really, really deep leagues. That is Godwin Iguabuike. He was 13 for 70 and a touchdown. No, I don't think he's going to have a role in this offense unless an injury happens, but I do believe he is the Cordero Patterson backup. Given Cordero Patterson's age, it is possible he gets injured or maybe just can't be used as much. I expect Iguabuike to fill that role. He's a safety turned running back from Detroit a couple years ago. We remember that he was pretty explosive then. He's a special teamer. He will be on the field a lot, and he looked pretty good, and he has a really good profile as well. I would go so far as to say he's basically the next thing to Jarek McKinnon if there is to be one. The Packers-Bengals game. The Packers ended up winning 36-19. to uh, Jordan Love looked fantastic. He was slinging it. He was 7 for 10, 46 yards and a touchdown. Dubs caught that touchdown. He was 2 for 21. But the big story from this game is undrafted rookie Emmanuel Wilson running back uh, for the Packers. He was six or six carries. Six carries, 111 yards, and two touchdowns. Fantastic stat line. And here's a little clip. And this is just him getting the carry out of the backfield. He shows some nice vision, cuts it outside. And then, I mean, he's gone. This is an 80-yard touchdown run. <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, he looked really, 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 really good. Um, and I do believe the Packers have found themselves a little bit of a gem with this signing. Of course, he's not really going to have that much of a role unless an injury happens. But, I mean, A.J. Dillon is getting up there. Aaron Jones is getting up there. And with that kind of run in the preseason, you know, he could continue to build upon that. And again, only six carries that he took for 111 yards and two touchdowns. He had another one where he looked pretty good. And in college, over the past two years, he had 2.2 thousand yards, 24 touchdowns at Fort Valley State. And last year, even had two 200-yard rushing games. So he's incredibly efficient. So, you know, if you're in your deeper leagues, this Emmanuel Wilson guy might be a pretty solid pickup. Dontavian Wicks, another rookie that may be worth something down the line. He went three for 68. I remember that he kind of impressed at the Senior Bowl. I just, that name has been in the back of my mind. Um, I mean, I'm not expecting massive things. This Packers receiver room is already kind of crowded, but it was good to see him look okay. In terms of the Bengals' backup quarterbacks, and we want to know how this goes because of the Joe Burrow injury. We want to know who's starting. Right now, we assume it's Trevor Simeon, but, you know, neither of them looked good yet yesterday or this weekend. Simeon and Browning both scored touchdowns and both, uh, or sorry, neither of them scored a touchdowns, but both threw an interception. 
the running backs as well had some interesting usage. Chris Evans was seven for 49. Chase Brown was eight for 12, but did have three receptions for 33 yards. Uh, I didn't really see anything from Travion Williams worth noting. Uh, and Andre Eosivas, one of the later wide receiver picks with a fantastic, fantastic profile, went four for 50 and looked pretty good as well. I really do think that they have found themselves some good wide receivers at the end of the draft in both Charlie Jones and Andre Eosivas. Given that they're attached to the Bengals, I give you guys full permission to stash them if you have room on your bench. Next up, we had the Giants versus Lions. None of the Giants really popped off the page. They didn't look too good. They lost the game 16-21. to 21. Uh, Tommy Sweeney was the one who scored the, the Giants' touchdown. Uh, and Jalen Hyatt, he had one reception for negative four yards. So again, no one really looked that good for the Giants. Demir Gibbs, however, looked okay. He had six carries for 19 yards and a reception for 18. It was a pretty good reception. He took it over the middle and ran for some extra yards. He definitely looked explosive. And James Mitchell, he was three for 53. He also looked pretty explosive. This is like the third string tight end for them, but he looked really good. And I would argue looked better than Brock Wright. But still, I mean, this is Sam Laporta's job to win. Uh, yeah, not really many takeaways from that game, to be completely honest. Next up, we had the Commanders versus Browns. Sam Howell looked good. He was 9 for 12, 77 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett looked less good. He was 6 for 10, 75 yards and an interception. Chris Rodriguez, their new rookie running back, brought in to back up Brian Robinson, was 5 for 39. A decent day for him. Antonio Gibson had two receptions and two carries. Not many yards, no touchdowns or anything. But it was good to see that usage for Antonio Gibson. We want to see him used all over the field. And finally, Jahan Dotson scored himself a touchdown. As he seems to do, his touchdown rate is astronomically high. And he continues to do it two receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Go ahead and check this out. It's a really good route. Allowing him to find those. Here, look at that cut. And then he just completely breaks his ankles, gets outside to the 10. It's a rough throw, but he gets up to get it, gets into the end zone. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, rough throw too. He had to go up to get it, and he did. Really good to see Jahan Dotson continue to score touchdowns. If I had to wager, I do think that he will probably be outscoring Terry McLaurin this season. I really do believe that. Uh, in terms of the other team in this game, the Browns, uh, Deshaun Watson was okay. He was three for three, 12 yards passing, but he did have three carries for 20 yards. I think it's interesting that he's running in the preseason, but it's again good to see that. Uh, that was kind of what made him such an elite option to begin with when he was, you know, earlier in his career was the fact that he could scramble and pick up some extra yards. So it's good to see that. Dorian Thompson Robinson also continues to be a preseason darling. Nine for 12, 102 yards, and a touchdown. I think he's definitely earning the backup role in this offense. Uh, and, you know, that's going to be pretty valuable given the weapons if anything happens to Deshaun Watson and the way he's played with that athleticism. Demetric Felton was the better looking running back yesterday or this weekend. Eight carries for 31 yards. Elijah Moore looked decent as well. He got himself a carry, which was cool to see the different usage for Elijah Moore. He took that one carry for 18 yards and he had one reception for six yards. The big, big quote-unquote big story, though, is David Bell, who was 3-for-33 and a touchdown. I do think that's going to be an interesting battle, the David Bell versus Elijah Moore, who will come on top. We know Elijah Moore is definitely a bit more talented, um, but still, still. Um, let's see. 
Next up, let's go ahead and look into this uh, Cardinals-Broncos game. The Cardinals ended up winning 18-17, to uh, and Russell Wilson looked pretty good. He was 7 for 13, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Samaje Pirine took six, six carries for 26 yards, so that was okay. And both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton got in on the action. Sutton was 3 for 35, and Judy was 2 for 40 and a touchdown. One thing to note is that Aunt, uh, Adam Troutman was 2 for 18. And it's important to note that because he is list, listed above Greg Dulcich on the depth chart as the starting tight end, Troutman is. So to see him you know, post more receptions than Dulcich and to, and to still be used is definitely really important to note. We, he worked with Sean Payton in New Orleans, and now he's here in Denver. Could be a, a thorn in Greg Dulcich's side. And in terms of the Cardinals... No one really popped off the page except for quarterbacks. Colt McCoy was four for four for 17 yards. I assume he's the starter until Clayton Toon ends up taking over if they want to try some athleticism. Clayton Toon was 13 for 30, 23, 135 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and had four carries for nine yards. So, I mean, pretty good, pretty good. I mean, we, we know that he is the second most athletic quarterback in this year's rookie class behind Anthony Richardson. Um, so we hope that he can continue to showcase that. And I do hope that he'll end up starting a little bit while Kyler Murray is out. The next game we have is the Titans versus Bears. And what better way to make yourself look like you've taken a step forward in the passing game than only having three passes, all of them completed, and two of them going for touchdowns off of screens. That's Justin Fields I'm talking about. Had two touchdowns on the day. One to Khalil Herbert. Check it out. He scrambles outside. Dumps it off to Khalil Herbert, who takes it to the house. It's a pretty good run. Uh, he makes a cut to the inside, then cuts back to the outside, breaks two, three tackles at the five-yard line, and gets it into the end zone. He had an interview afterwards and said, if you, if all the running backs on the Bears have a little bit of a bet slash thing going on where if you get tackled inside the five-yard line, you have to pay a fine to the team. And he said, that was in the back of my mind. I really wanted to score that. And here's DJ Moore doing the same thing, taking it to the house. He catches it near the line of the scrimmage, jukes someone out, and then he's basically just gone. He, we know he's incredibly fast. He just he just makes one cut, and he scores. Good for Justin Fields. Good for DJ Moore. But I do just want to press, guys, those were screen passes that were taken to the house. It's a little bit more fluky than Justin Fields looking really, really good. I mean, he did look good. But again, they were just some screens that ended up turning into touchdowns. So his 129 yards, three three completions, and two touchdowns is definitely less impressive when you know it comes from screens. Roshan Johnson looked all right as well. He had 12 carries for 44 yards and also had himself three receptions, um, which is good to see. We know he'll probably end up taking that satellite back role or just really kind of be the main workhorse for this offense at some point, given his skill set. But Khalil Herbert's going to be hard to pass. I mean, he's incredible. Like, he's been good in his opportunity. He's a good running back, and we just saw him take that screen to the house. Khalil Herbert on the day had four carries for 15 yards and that reception, which was a 56-yard touchdown. And DJ Moore, only reception of the day was that screen I just showed. The Titans were all right. Uh, Malik Willis was 16 for 25, which is a pretty good completion percentage. He had 189 yards and an interception. Uh, but he also had three carries for 22 yards and a rushing touchdown. So this backup quarterback job in Tennessee competition, I think, is is still happening because uh, Will Levis didn't do enough. He was 9 for 14, 85 yards and an interception. 
And that interception was terrible. Go ahead and check this out. It was at the very end of the game, trying to get a drive to win it. And he throws this. Backs up into the pocket, throws it, trying to hit his receiver over the middle of the field. I don't even know what happens because there's no one in there thrown into four really quadruple coverage. And when you look at it, it is only Bears in the area. I mean, like literally just basically threw it to the Chicago Bears. Awful, awful throw. Interceptions can happen, but they shouldn't happen like that. I mean, that was really, really bad. So uh, again, I think this quarterback competition is continuously going. Uh, Julius Chestnut, Chestnut had a good game. He was seven for 46 and also had two receptions for 15 yards. Tyshay Spears was okay too. Six carries for 32 yards and also had a reception. And Hassan Haskins, he had six carries for 12 yards and scored himself a touchdown. These guys, you know, obviously all playing second, third, and fourth fiddle to Derrick Henry. But if any of them go down, I do think that the Titans could have a decent backfield between these guys. I mean, it just cycle them out and I think you'll have some efficiency with them. But I'm not really worried about it right now, given Derrick Henry is the running back. I honestly don't even know which one to choose. Maybe Chestnut, to be honest, considering he's been with the team longer. But I do love Ty J. Spears and his athleticism. The Bills game, that was 23-19. to The Bills beat the Colts. Anthony Richardson was, eh, he was fine. He was 7 for 12, 67 yards and an interception. And had two carries for 7 yards. Uh, I mean, you know, you're going to throw interceptions, I guess, in this league. And we already knew that there was a little bit more of a learning curve going for Anthony Richardson. So, you know, to see him at least go above 50% completions, have a couple carries, hopefully he can build upon that. The big problem here is that Gardner Minshew was near perfect. He was six for six, 72 yards, didn't score a touchdown, but still. And Ellinger was eight for nine and 72 yards. So both of the quarterbacks on the team had a much better completion percentage and didn't turn the ball over. But still, I mean, the team is committed to him. Deion Jackson was 6 for 35. Evan Hole was 7 for 15 and also had two receptions for 18 yards. Kenyon Drake got in the action at five carries for 10 yards. And even Jake Funk had seven carries, 13 yards, and a touchdown and two receptions for 10 yards. All sorts of running backs behind Jonathan Taylor on this team. Also don't really know which one to choose. I think I would go with Kenyon Drake because they just brought him in and he's been pretty explosive in his limited time in the end. Well, not limited in his career over his entire career. So I would probably be taking a chance on him, but Evan Hole, the rookie showing the dual, the dual work, the, the dual threat ability, being able to catch and run out of the backfield too is pretty nice. And Josh Downs, the rookie wide receiver was two for 29 and James Cook, really the only Bills player worth noting, was 4 for 20 and scored himself a touchdown. Got plenty of red zone and goal line opportunities as well. I do believe that James Cook is the workhorse for this offense and will have a great season ahead of him. The next game is the Jets-Panthers, and the Jets shut out the Panthers. It was 27-0. to zero. Bryce Young was 4 for 6, 21 yards, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, got sacked a few times, was pressured a ton. We know the Jets defensive line is really, really strong. Uh, I think really the big thing to take away from that is he took sacks and was fine. He survived the game. So hopefully he can continue to do that. I know we have the size concerns, but to see him take the hits and get right back up is definitely helpful. Zach Wilson, in terms of the Jets, looked okay as well. 14 for 20, 123 yards and a touchdown. A really, really decent game. Israel Abanacanda looked good as well. 12 carries for 56 yards. Also had three receptions for 31 yards. I think he's himself is earning the second string role behind Brees Hall 
as Michael Carter just continues to slot to slide down, and uh, we didn't really see much sound of a night action. But Michael Carter was four for 19 and also had two receptions. He had 34 yards off of those two receptions. And my biggest sleeper pick of this year, my tight end sleeper, Zach Kuntz, had himself a touchdown. He was two for 17 and got into the end zone. Love to see that. You guys know I've been hyping him up like crazy this offseason. The most athletic tight end to ever hit the player profiler database. And he's more athletic than all the tight ends on the roster. I do believe by the end of the season, he will be the starter. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to gravitate towards that kind of player. The next game is the Eagles versus Ravens. That was a 19 to 20 game. It was pretty close throughout. Rashad Penny was nine for 34. Uh, he was really the, the, the main running back, but also Trey Sermon had nine carries. He got himself 21 yards and scored a touchdown. DeAndre Swift had two receptions for 24 yards. Marcus Mariota, the quarterback, looked okay as well. I think if Jalen Hurts goes down, Marcus Mariota will be a good streaming option. He went 7 for 11, 58 yards, and four carries for 29. In terms of the Ravens, both quarterbacks had eight completions. Tyler Huntley had 88 yards and a touchdown, and Josh Johnson had 45 yards and a touchdown. No turnovers for either. Zay Flowers was pretty neutralized, but he did get himself a carry. So again, pretty good to see that usage from him using him all over the field. And the running backs, Justice Hill was incredibly explosive. He was three for 48, and Gus Edwards was four for 21. So both of those guys, I think, behind J.K. Dobbins will have some usage. We've seen Justice Hill have usage year in, year out, and same with Gus Edwards. Like those guys a lot at their current value. The Chargers Rams. That game was 30 to 17 for the Chargers. Easton Stick is locked in as the backup, in my opinion. He looked really good. He was 14 for 21, 109 yards and a touchdown. Max Duggan only had three or three pass attempts. Two of them were completed. He had 19 yards, but he did have four carries for 20 yards. But I do believe that going forward, it'll be Easton Stick as the backup until Max Duggan learns a little bit. But, you know, Duggan did have a good year at TCU last year. So hopefully he can, you know, tap into that a bit. A big story from this, though, is Elijah Dotson, another undrafted running back, had a fantastic day. And dare I go as far to say as he might be Eckler part two. This is an undrafted rookie from northern Colorado. If we'll remember, Austin Eckler is an undrafted rookie from eastern Colorado. And Elijah Dotson this weekend had six carries for 92 yards and two touchdowns. One of the touchdowns was 37 yards. The other was a 47-yarder. He really did look good and very explosive. Check out this clip. Another carry. And he just cuts it outside. And, I mean, look at that explosiveness. I mean, like, he looks fast. And the other run was basically the same thing. He was able to cut outside and take it to the house. Looked really, really good. I was impressed with Elijah Dotson for sure. Um, I mean, he's going to be third string. I think he'll definitely be behind Joshua Kelly, but still in your deeper leagues, totally worth rostering a guy like Elijah Dotson. And Quentin Johnston, he was three for 10, three receptions and 10 yards. Yes, you heard that right. One of those was a touchdown and he had a really big, bad drop. Um, it, it basically would have had a touchdown, maybe tackled. It was a big completion going his way on a streak, essentially hit him right in the hands and he completely dropped it. That's what the podfather has been saying about Quentin Johnson forever now. He just does not have the hands. We'll see if he can work on it. That is at least something that you 
that you can work on catching the ball. But to see him only have 10 yards off of three receptions is definitely concerning. We know he's going to have a low average depth of target, so we need to see him break away. But it's still early, so I will not be too worried yet. Big story here, Stetson Bennett was an absolute baller. 17 for 29, 17 out of 29, one touchdown and 191 yards. Check out this touchdown pass to Puka Nakua. Low snap. Puka Nakua. Touchdown. And it's just a nice one. It's just a nice one. It's it, He just zips it into Nakua right at the front of the end zone. He has good pocket presence. And I'm telling you guys, from watching him at UGA, Stetson Bennett is a good quarterback. If Matthew Stafford gets hurt, he will do fine. He's got one of the best quarterback coaches in the NFL and Sean McVay. So I would definitely be stashing him in some super flex leagues. Puka Nakua had that touchdown. He had three receptions for 32 yards and that touchdown I just showed. The running back competition to be the backup is looking interesting. Royce Freeman had seven carries for 26 yards and a touchdown. Zach Evans, eight for 34. So we'll have to continue watching this preseason to see as that develops who will be the running back too. The Chiefs-Saints game is up next. The Chiefs won 24, or sorry, the Chiefs lost 24 to 26. Daneric Prince was okay. He had four carries for 14 yards. Richie James had two receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. Those of you that have been taking a chance on James being the last Chiefs wide receiver taken in most drafts and available on some deeper league waiver wires, you might have a little steal here. Again, only a preseason game, so hard to extrapolate too much, but still good to see the usage and the touchdown. Justin Ross also scored himself a touchdown, two receptions for 29 yards. Kakoa Crawford also scored himself a touchdown with two receptions for 27 yards. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, three carries for seven yards and two receptions for 15 yards. Just really not looking good. Continuously not looking good as he has through his entire career. It's it's really tough to say how much longer he's going to be on this team. Um, and if Daneric Prince can maybe beat him out, that's going to be the big thing I'm watching this offseason is Daneric Prince versus Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And for the Saints, Derek Carr and Jameis Winston looked good. Jameis Winston was 11 for 13, 92 yards and a touchdown. Derek Carr was 6 out of 8 for 70 yards and a touchdown. Neither of them turned the ball over. Alvin Kamara had 3 carries for 14 yards and 2 receptions for 21 yards. So again, good to see that usage. And Jamal Williams, 9 carries for 28 yards. They need to put him on ice now, though. I doubt we see him much this much more this preseason as he'll be basically be their guy while Alvin Kamara is suspended. A.T. Perry, their rookie wide receiver, had a fantastic day. He was six receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. Looking really good. I do think he'll have a role on the outside, especially if Michael Thomas gets hurt. Brian Edwards also looked decent as well. Has the connection with Derek Carr from the Raiders. He was three for 37. Jawan Johnson had two catches for 29 yards. Looked decent. And... Michael Thomas and Jimmy Graham, both of the veteran re receivers on this team that uh, we're, we're really not sure what to expect. Both did get in on the action. Both got a catch. So I'm excited to see how they develop really throughout this year, if they can stay healthy, all that stuff. Because, I mean, these are some big name players that are just, you know, at the end of their career, Michael Thomas and Jimmy Graham. And finally, we have the Raiders versus 49ers. The Raiders won 34-7. And Trey Lance, if you're looking at the box score, looked pretty good. He was 10 for 15, 112 yards and a touchdown. But that's only if you look at the box score. 
check out this touchdown pass from Trey Lance. Rolls out to the pocket, tries to zip it into a really tight window in the back. It's batted away up into the air, but then it's actually caught by this tight end who was at the front of the end zone. It got batted away by the cornerback straight into his hands. Should have been intercepted. A lot of Trey Lance's passes should have been intercepted, and he was sacked on more than a few occasions. Uh, but, you know, the box score looked okay. The luck went his way. So hopefully it continues, and hopefully he can get a little bit better. I mean, this was his first action in about a year. So I'm not going to get too upset about it. Uh, but, you know, I would have liked to see him be a little bit more composed and to hit a, hit a bit more of those passes. And um, the in terms of the reddest of the players, Ronnie Bell was used a good bit. As you guys know, he was someone I told you guys to watch because I liked him at Michigan. And, you know, it just makes sense for the 49ers to get a stud as an undrafted free agent. Ronnie Bell, one rush for 15 yards and three receptions for 58. I would love to see that role continue to grow. Perhaps he's the heir to Debo Samuel, but that's a few years out. And TDP, Tyrion Davis-Price got in on the action. Nine carries for 29 yards, and Jordan Mason had five carries for 17 yards. Both of these guys are going to be behind Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, but with both of them being injury-prone, we've got to watch this preseason to see who ends up taking the running back three role because I do believe that either of them will need to be rostered if so. In terms of the Raiders, we have Aiden O'Connell, who had a fantastic day as a rookie, only got sacked once, was 15 of 18, 141 yards and a touchdown, no turnovers, really, really did look good. Zeus Zamir White looked good as well, 13 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown, and one reception for four yards, looked fantastic. Keelan Cole was one of the Raiders who got himself a touchdown, six carries for 29 yards. And then, or sorry, six receptions for 29 yards. And another standout running back was Sincere McCormick, who scored himself two touchdowns as well. He had nine carries for 27 yards and a touchdown and one reception for two yards and a touchdown. So that's someone to keep your eye on this preseason as well, if he can earn himself a role on the roster. And I'm realizing now when I talked about the Cowboys, if I talked about the Cowboys, I don't even think. Oh, oops. Uh, no, yeah, I did talk about the Cowboys. No, I didn't. I skipped this one. Jaguars, Cowboys. My bad, guys. Jaguars beat the Cowboys 28 to 23. Trevor Lawrence had himself a touchdown and an interception, went five for six and 36 yards. Tank Bigsby, the really all of the running backs had a decent day. Travis Etienne, five of 22. Tank Bigsby, nine for 52. And Dearness Johnson, five for 31. Christian Kirk scored himself a touchdown. He was two for 12 and a touchdown and, uh, you know, looks good. Hopefully he can continue to have himself the slot role on this offense. And Deuce Vaughn, the Cowboys running back, was the big story from this game. Eight carries for 50 yards and a touchdown, as well as three receptions. Here's one of his good runs. He really, really did look good yesterday, despite the size. Here we go. Look at this juke. Oh, yeah, right here. Jukes makes the safety hit his own player. Uh, and I mean, like, it was like this all game. He was pulling off spins, jukes, everything. He looked really, really good. Hopefully we have the next Darren Sproles on our hands. If you remember, guys, I've been touting him purely because of nepotism. His dad is one of the head scouts for the Cowboys. They drafted him just because of the respect towards his father. I think they do want to give him a role. And I mean, I think he's earned it as well. He looked fantastic at Kansas State. Uh, again, despite his 5'5 size. Uh, Jake Ferguson had three receptions for 38 yards. 
Luke Schoonmaker had one reception for eight. Rico Dowdle, the current running back two over Malik Davis, had six carries for 21 yards as well as three receptions for 33. So he looked good as well. Malik Davis, four receptions and four carries, had 23 total yards. And Jalen Holbert scored a touchdown, two receptions for 29 yards and a touchdown. The running back situation, hard to decipher. Again, we know it's Tony Pollard. I really do think Deuce Vaughn's going to earn himself a role in this offense. He looked really good. Continuously watch him this preseason. And yeah, but let's go ahead and answer some questions. It looks like you guys have popped off in the chat for sure. Let's see. Um, all right. So this guy sucks. He doesn't interact with the chat at all. Must be new, Robster. <laughs> just kidding. This is one of my real life friends. I love him a ton. Uh, I interact with the chat just we try to get to the end of the show. And also, you know, it, when, when I'm going through so much, I like to just kind of push through and get through the uh, get through the information. But uh, you ask, is it really fair to judge quarterbacks on preseason when they're dealing with third string O-line and receivers? A lot of the times in preseason, it's second and first teams, especially with some of these rookies and like with the starters in there. So, uh, I mean, yes, it's good to not read into it too much, but it's still important that they have this time and it's important to see how they can do with it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, the fantasy plumber, uh, if Elijah Moore can't beat out David Bell, he ain't making the roster. This is true. <laughs> he also says, if every screen goes for a touchdown, the field has a chance for 3,000 yards this year. <laughs> this is true. This is so true. Um, let's see. Gardner Minshew is perfect will be my biggest takeaway from today's stream. Who, if any quarterback is perfect in the NFL, it's Gardner Minshew. Remember that video where he was hugging his dad last year? Just so heartwarming. Let's see. Sell every Eagles running back is 10 touches the weekly cap for all of them. Yeah, I mean, I think DeAndre Swift, for example, is a fantastic sell. I don't know about the others just because they don't have much value. I would maybe be saying buy yourself some uh, some Kenneth Gainwell just because he's try turning into the starter from what we're hearing in the camp and the fact he didn't play in the, uh, in the preseason game shows that they trust him the most. Uh, and he's the cheapest. So I uh, maybe sell Swift, hold Penny, buy Gainwell. Would you trade Garrett Wilson for Pickens and Trey Bur and Traylon Burks? Yes, yes. If I would get both of those guys, I think I would do it. Maybe ask for a second on top, but I'm a firm believer in George Pickens. Um, let's see. Trey Lance, crying, laughing emoji. Sam Darnold did look tight. And let's see. Boom. That's it. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for tuning in. What a show. What a show. Tons to talk about. Tons of games. Uh, next Monday, we'll do the same thing, talking about all the preseason games. So I look forward to you guys next week. But we've still got shows all the rest of the week. I hope to see you all tomorrow on this very Player Profiler YouTube channel at 10 a.m. Eastern. You guys have been a fantastic chat. I've been your host, Jason. That was some football that we've talked about. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your Monday and the rest of your week. Have a good one.